Our scripture reading for today is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, the 14th chapter, and select verses from that chapter. Now it happened, as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. Then Jesus also said to him who invited him, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just." Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. may be seated. When I was in seminary, I remember a professor telling us a story that had taken place many years ago. I believe it was back in the 1940s. It happened at a a Christian college, a Lutheran college, during a religion class. At the final exam, the religion professor told the students that your exam will be in two parts. And the first part was in the classroom, and uh, they all sat and took the the test and handed them in, and then he said, we're going to take a break and then come back for the second part of the exam. And they took a 15-minute break, went out into the lobby, and then came back in for the second part of the exam and the professor announced to all of them, you all failed. And the students were shocked. What are you talking about? He said, you've all failed the second part of the exam. It took place in the lobby. And apparently he had invited two homeless people to come in to the lobby and to sit out there, very impoverished people, And people that he thought would be very apparent to them were in need of help and some kind of love and kindness, and not a single student went up to one of them. And he said, you all failed the second part of the exam. (laughs) His point was that Christianity is not just a religion of the intellect, it's supposed to be a religion of the heart, something that that deals with uh, what motivates us inside. Christianity is not just about head knowledge and knowing the right doctrine and knowing all the statistics of things in the Bible, but it's about a heart of faith that brings forth kindness and charity. God desires to see an inseparable connection between our faith in Christ that we confess and profess and how we treat other people, especially those who really need mercy and and kindness and compassion. And Jesus is pointing out to us here how often our outward acts of kindness aren't really being motivated from the right fountain, if you will. Uh, Maybe it's coming from other things. So outwardly, what we're doing appears right, and yet even inwardly, where God is watching us, it may not be coming from the right source. So he would have us each ask ourselves, what what is really driving me uh, to to appear to be doing this outward thing that I'm doing that's maybe an act of kindness, but what's really motivating me to do that? 
Is it maybe greed? Is it because I want to get something back in return from this person? If I treat them really well, maybe I'll get something back. Is it possibly some popularity? I want people to notice and to see what, what a wonderful guy Don Molstead is and how nice he is to people. Is it because I'm hoping for praise from other people? Is it for some sort of notoriety? Wanting to somehow be connected to the right people that can maybe get me some advantage? Jesus aims this text right at the heart of religious people, right at people that work at Bethany College, right at places and institutions where we care about the gospel and religious matters. And he aims it right at our hearts as well. Frequently in the Bible, God encourages us to take care of those who cannot give us anything in return. The poor, the maimed, the blind, the crippled, those that, that maybe have no opportunity, where it doesn't benefit us at all to show kindness and compassion and love. And Martin Luther said about this text, the gospel aims to make all of us humble. <laughs> it makes all of us drop to our knees and realize that quite often our motives are not what they should be. Listen to, listen to what James wrote when he was addressing these things to the congregation. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, it's not, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. So if we profess to love Christ and belong to him and at the same time uh, really have no love and concern to help those who need it, especially those who can't return anything to us, what is that an indication of? Jesus is reminding us here that, that God is always looking down into our hearts. He's not just watching what we do outwardly in the world, but he's looking right down into my conscience and into my heart. There's that great story in the Old Testament when young, the young teenager David is surprisingly brought to be anointed as the next king of Israel, and his family is so shocked. And Samuel says that great line, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's true in every aspect of life. Man, we look at the outward appearance of things, but God is always looking deep down inside of us in our hearts. So Jesus is using this lesson not just to crush us, but to really teach us a higher, more important spiritual lesson. And his, his point really isn't about who you invite to dinner. It's not wrong for you to have your friends over and, and, and invite relatives and things. He's not saying that that's wrong. He himself went to Mary and Martha's and, and uh, was, was at weddings probably for relatives and things. So it's not, that's not his point. But the point rather is to really examine where the motives are in us, in our life, for the acts of kindness that we may do in the world. And he's reminding us also that God himself has been so charitable and merciful toward you and me. Think about it. We were in the most hopeless condition possible. 
wicked, wretched, self-centered, sinful people before God. And all we had in front of us was a grave. Your body was going to die and rot in a grave. That's all we had. That's all we have before God. Martin Luther said, if we're honest with ourselves, all we are is a good meal for worms. We have nothing we can give back to God. There's, there's no benefit to God to do something for us because anything we could ever try to give back to Him, He already possesses. So there's, there's no benefit on His part. And yet, in the great love and mercy that He chose to have for you and me, He sends His own Son into the world to suffer the punishment for all the guilty, awful things that we've done in our life, even our, our lack of charity, to pay for all of that wickedness in us. And he sends his son down into a grave, but then rises again miraculously to give each one of us here not only the knowledge that our sins are all covered and forgiven, not only that God now looks at us as holy people because of Christ, but in addition to that, promises that after we die, our bodies will rise again and be taken into the glory of heaven. You, as a believer in Christ, are the ultimate beneficiary of mercy and compassion. That's why Christ cares about it being shown by us to others in our lives. Because we, that's what he's done for us. That's how we have so greatly benefited in our lives as well. You know, you can, you can be motivated to charity without knowing Christ. Atheists do nice things for people. Sometimes they do nice things for people where they can't even be repaid. I, I, have, I have a neighbor who's an atheist. He's a great guy. He's one of the most charitable people on my block. Muslims are required by their religion to give 2.5% of their income in alms to the poor. You can be motivated to do acts of kindness from a variety of ways. You could put a gun to someone's head to get them to do it. But Christ is looking for a motivation that comes from the gospel, that comes from the fact that we know what God has done for us through Christ, that it's based upon a love for God and, and a, a reflection back of this tremendous grace that you and I live in, the tremendous hope of getting to go to heaven that none of us deserve, but we have it for free because God is just so kind and compassionate. So, this is why our Lord cares so much about the mercy that we show to others, because we are the ultimate beneficiaries of God's divine heavenly mercy. Amen.